Today's case covers a story that Philadelphia Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw had said haunted this community, the Philadelphia Police Department, our nation, and the world, for more than six decades. Today we are covering the 65-year-old case of the boy in the box. In February of 1957, a suspicious box was found badly beaten and dumped along Susquehanna Road in Philadelphia's Fox Chase neighborhood. This body was reported by a young man who was walking through an abandoned parking lot, and the police quickly got on the case, but oddly enough, the man had waited a whole day before reporting it to the police and said that he didn't want to get involved. On top of that, the cold weather had messed up the forensic team's results and as a byproduct, they were unable to accurately estimate the time of death. His body was found unclothed, which I believe the killer did so it was harder to identify him. It was the body of a child, that much they could tell, from the age of four to six. His arms were folded carefully across his stomach and his body was wrapped in a reportedly cheap flannel blanket. His hair was recently cut short. He weighed around 30 pounds and stood at three feet, three inches. He had multiple small scars all over his body, which made the police guess that he had undergone medical procedures in the past. He sustained multiple injuries to his head, and his autopsy revealed that that was his cause of death. He was beaten to death. No one knew who the boy was, but visitors from over 10 states were coming in hopes to identify the body, but sadly no match was found. And stepping aside from the identification, the police were working day and night to find leads on physical evidence that they had. One included the box, more specifically the box he was found in. It was tracked back to a JCPenney's 15 miles away from where the boy was found. They asked the store about it and they confirmed that it was a bassinet box and 12 suspects have been found that bought the box. 12 people reported buying the bassinet but sadly all paid in cash, leaving no record. Eight of these 12 came forward saying that they were some of the ones who had bought the bassinet. All of these eight confirmed that they either still had the box or put it in the trash. However, this clue makes me suspect that perhaps the killer hadn't purchased this at all. They could have just easily swiped it from the trash. The blanket he was wrapped in was speculated to be made in Granby, Quebec, or Canada, or Swanoa. What started out as days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, and months into years. 65 years as of current date. When finally, thanks to DNA tests taken from a relative of the boy in the box, the police found a new lead. That lead being his identity. On December 8th of 2022, the infamous boy in the box was identified as four-year-old Joseph Augustus Zarella. The police are keeping their cards close and aren't revealing much about really anything. The identity of his parents still remains confidential for this reason. On to theories. Suppose he was in foster care, which, before his identification, was a widely believed theory. In that case, there's a chance that he went from a loving home to an abusive one. He was well taken care of, but had a sudden disappearance. My theory was, before he was identified, that he went to a new foster care home and was killed by his caretakers, which could be the cause of his malnutrition, which he was seen to have when they took his autopsy. But his recent identification has proven that he was not in foster care, but I still feel that abuse was a factor in this case. A deleted Reddit user suggested, quote, obviously with new evidence, we are unable to narrow down the killer's profile, so my theory from reading the description is limited. But this is it, the way the boy was groomed and carefully put into the box with no evidence of force to me suggests the killer almost in his slash her own creepy way cared for the boy. The bruises on his body and face also suggest that there was some force upon the boy. 
So I do reckon the boy was sexually abused before his time of death. I do wonder if the bruises could lead to internal bleeding or simply his death. But I think his death was an accident as the murderer only wanted to groom and sexually abuse the boy. Were there any local children reported missing at the time? Also, was there ever a conclusion on the cause of death? End quote. I feel like this could be true. It would need to be domestic grooming done by a caregiver. I don't think that it took so long to identify him or the fact that he wasn't reported missing immediately was a coincidence. This may have been done by a parent, or if his parents are divorced, then it could have been done by a spouse of his parents. This would explain why the boy was well taken care of cosmetically, malnutrition, and why he was covered up, why he was beaten to death, and why his death was not reported. I heavily believe that the fact that his disappearance went unreported for so long by any of his family members means that someone most likely knew. I feel as if the boy was being groomed by a caregiver, then he would be well taken care of, as a huge part of attraction for pedophiles would be physical attraction. And with the circumstances of the crime, I don't think it's much of a stretch to assume that, if this theory is true, the abuser didn't actually care for Joseph, which could have also been why he was malnutritioned, to keep him skinny. It would match the profile we have created for the murderer in this theory. They physically cared for him, but it's clear that his well-being was unaccounted for. But after time, you tend to form emotional bonds to people, whether they are serious or not, which is why I think he was covered up. Usually in cases where the murderer covers up the body of a victim, they either feel guilt or remorse. And this could be for one of two reasons. A, Joseph was a child, or B, the killer had a personal connection to the victim. And as we have seen in this case, he was wrapped in a blanket and put in a box. The next theory could actually follow along the lines of the last theory. A psychiatrist from Ciciani contacted Augustine and said one of her patients insisted on speaking to the police. The patient went by the name of Martha and said that when she was 11 years old, her mother took her to a house where she had handed an envelope over for a boy. Martha said that she was sexually abused by her mother and the mother wanted to do the same to the boy. Martha said her mother beat the boy to death after struggling to bathe him and drove Martha and the boy to Philadelphia to abandon him. Martha spoke with investigators Tom Augustine, Joseph McGillen, and William Kelly. McGillen and Kelly were one of the first on the boy in the box crime scene. All three were allegedly convinced by Martha's story. According to Bill Fletcher, a retired FBI agent, details of Martha's story add up. The testimonies, the addresses, the descriptions. It is a strong theory, but even with Martha's lead, the police were not able to verify if the boy was who Martha claimed he was. And our final theory regards the boy in the box being human trafficked by his father. Oddly enough, they did not compare DNA of the brother and the man that claimed to have sold his son, so that lead ran cold. And I think that this matches up with the last theory, actually. Someone being sold to a woman, potentially. Someone reporting it, and multiple key witnesses. But in the end, these are just theories, which poses the question, what do you think?